Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, I was lucky enough to be able to head up to uh, Evergreen, Colorado, which is a super awesome, really cool mountain town near Denver. Um, And I got to sit down and talk with uh, just an endurance racing badass. I don't know how else to tell it. (laughs) Uh, Travis Macy. Uh, If you haven't heard of Travis, I would highly suggest that you check out his fantastic book called The Ultra Mindset. It is truly, I just finished reading it before I interviewed Travis, and it's truly one of the absolute best books on the lessons that we learn doing really intense endurance races and how we can apply those lessons to every area of our life. So the book basically um, shares eight of his like kind of the key components of the ultra mindset. And we'll talk about a few of them, uh, a few of them in this conversation. But I highly, highly, highly suggest checking it out. Uh, Kind of his first one, his first idea is that everything is all good mental training. So it's just this good kind of, you know, going into anything you're doing, just be like, hey, man, obstacles, adversity, the tough times. This is just good training for me mentally. And it's just a different approach uh, so when you inevitably face the stressful moments in what any endeavor you're trying to take on, when you inevitably face those, you're able to kind of like reframe the adversity instead of thinking like, oh man, this sucks. This is getting in the way of my goals. You can be like, oh sweet. I get to learn something at this point and really help it like boost me and help me become just a, like a better human being and a better athlete and a better whatever you're trying to do at that moment. So that's just a little example. I mean, you got to read the book. First of all, it's excellent because uh, it talks about his eight core principles, um, but it frames them in with stories of these different events that Travis has competed in. He has like just an amazing career as a elite adventure racer um he raced all around the world if you don't know what adventure racing is it's my absolute favorite kind of race uh it's a combination of all sorts of different uh disciplines and sometimes these races can last up to you know six or seven days uh so it's everything from mountain biking to kayaking and uh running and orienteering and then they throw some other stuff in that we'll talk about in the show. Um, he's also an ultra runner, uh, finished lead man. He's an ultra endurance mountain biker hunter. Uh, we talk a bit about his new kind of foray into mountain hunting at this point of his life. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation because I felt truly honored that he was, he was nice enough to sit down with me, nice enough to have me over to his house, hang with his family. I mean, these are some of the n- nicest people you'll ever meet. They even, uh, they were offered, they're like, you can stay for dinner. And I was like, oh man, I really wish I could. It would have been awesome. But, uh, you know, I had to get home to my kids and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, loved the conversation. Love talking with Travis. I'm really hoping we can hang again in the future, you know, either for the podcast or just for like a mountain bike ride or, or a hunting trip or some sort of cool thing like that. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I hope you take something away from it. Um, be sure to check out his website at travismacy.com and his book once again is called the ultra mindset and it's 
fantastic. So definitely uh, go on Amazon and order your copy today. All right, let's get into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast episode 90 something. I'm stalling. I'm stalling while I'm looking it up. It's episode 94 <laughs> uh, with Travis Macy. All right, this is Chris one more time. Uh, before we get into the show, I do want to say, uh, speaking of adversity, I just checked out the audio file and for whatever reason, it cut off about 20 minutes of the conversation um, and I cannot find a way to get it back. So uh, this is one of those stressful moments where I want to say some four letter words and all that fun stuff. But, you know, this is going to be a learning experience for whatever reason. My computer lately, uh, I think it's because it's getting full like I'm using up a lot of the data. So it was having a hard time even as we were recording. So that probably was part of it. But I truly have no idea uh, why it cut it off and why uh, I'm not actually getting the last part of the conversation. So super big apology. I'm this is like, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you're like, oh, my God, this is super embarrassing. So sorry to Travis uh, for you guys listening enjoy the first part of the episode travis is amazing and you know what this is just gonna be excuse for me to get back together with him and chat him up again at some point so all right uh we'll get into it starting right now all right i'm uh on the road this week at travis mace's house and i'm pretty excited to talk to you man yeah, thanks, Chris. It's uh, awesome to, to be here with you. Yeah. I, I, we, we've already had a lot in common, whether it's running. We both have two young kids oh, yeah. uh, teaching. You know, I know you're a current uh, Jeffco Public Schools teacher yes. here in, in the kind of west west side of uh, Denver area. And I uh, grew up going to Jeffco Public Schools and uh, taught um, at Evergreen High School yeah. uh, for a few years and uh it, you know so i i love teaching as well you know i'm lucky now i most of my work is is coaching athletes but it, but it's really it's an extension of teaching yeah uh, you know is the way i see it yeah what uh so kind of to draw parallels from the adventure athlete life to teaching like what kind of parallels do you see there boy i think there's a, a lot i mean teaching is a is a really hard profession and it, you know it often uh you know <laughs> feels like running 100 miles uh, <laughs> you know um it's it, it's challenging and it, and it takes i mean you know it's like being in the classroom it takes everything you have um throughout the course of the day and you have to be fully present i can't imagine another job where you have to be as ready and prepared and present every day yeah. as you do uh you know as a classroom teacher so yeah. so i think there's that and the, and i think just uh you know the the growth mindset of you know getting better learning moving forward i mean that's the same in a high school english classroom as it is in you know your your training or your racing or or your nutrition yeah um so yeah i think there's a lot of parallels and you know like i said i mean i you know, I, I loved a lot about teaching and it was a great fit for me for, for a long time. And, you know, as I've gotten, you know, more into coaching as my full-time job, I mean, it's, um, you know, that same mindset. And, and I feel really thankful to have the teaching background because one of the things 
you know, any teacher learns is every student's not the same, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. you, you got, you know, I think you said you're a seventh grade science teacher. Yeah. I mean, every student there is in seventh grade, but they're not at the exact same place, whether that's developmentally or maturity or what they know about science or literacy or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's true about coaching adult endurance athletes too, is, you know, every athlete I coach is doing different things, yeah. you know, and it's all the term from, from education is differentiation. Yeah. And, uh, you got to differentiate your instruction in the classroom. And as a coach, you have to differentiate your, uh, coaching to meet each athlete's needs. And yeah. that's, that's both the, uh, you know, programming on what they do physically, but it's also in how do you communicate? How do you relate? How do you best inspire, uh, someone? You yeah. Know, I think there's, uh, you know, individual differences and that's that's what makes life great yeah that's definitely differentiation is the absolute hardest thing in teaching yeah. it's like everything else is manageable differentiation is really hard because you're sitting there you're like 30 30 yep. hormonal 13 year olds oh, yeah. and they're all different and you're like okay what's the best way to reach every single one of them and check in on them and understand their emotions for that day and man, yeah. it's tough but yeah i mean i be coaching an athlete i mean i'm sure you've coached really young athletes yep. all the way to really old elite to kind of like regular folk and you know people all at different points of their career so so yeah i'm sure that's like a huge a huge yeah. learning lesson yeah there's a lot of that and, and then a lot of you know the majority of of my clients are you know people who are aged 40 to 60 and they have a job and they probably have a, a family too. And you know, the, the, one of the reasons I think coaching is a big responsibility is because for a lot of people, you've got a lot of things, you know, with, with work, family, you know, those things in your life, you're, you're doing those and you know, those are big chunks and maybe you have enough time to do one thing for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. for a lot of us, you know, whether it's ultra running or mountain biking or, you know, other things like that you've chosen to do that for yourself for this period of time. And that, that makes it a really valuable, uh, valuable piece. And we got to figure out, okay, you got this much time. How are we going to use that? Or, you know, you live in, you're from Iowa, you live in Iowa and you want to come do Leadville or Hard Rock. Well, <laughs> how are we going to figure that out? What do you have around you? What are we going to, yeah. you know, what, what do we have to prepare you to run up and down hills and to get ready for altitude and that's a neat creative process for me yeah uh you know because everyone does have um you know they're in a different place they have different amounts of time different things they like or dislike yeah you got to throw that all into the puzzle how long have you been coaching for uh since i guess i you know i first started um coaching adult endurance athletes like 2012 yeah. and at that time i was um, teaching as as well and kind of building uh, my coaching and, and then for uh, since about 2014 it's it's been my primary job you know in, in addition to the um, racing and stuff which yeah. is part of my job but has become you know I sort of feel like I've turned a bit of a page of less focus on my own racing and more focus on the on the coaching and uh, that's been cool too you yeah. know that's kind of you know um, need to have that view it's probably a different a totally different feeling when one of your athletes does well versus when you do well, you know, like if they complete their goal race, like yeah. can you oh, yeah. describe that at all? Or, you know what I mean? It's, it has to feel completely different than when you have your own individual accomplishment. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. And I mean, it's, you know, again, it's like, uh, teaching, you know, you, you, um, you know, you get into something because you're inspired by empowering other people and yeah, 
helping to meet their goals and um, yeah it's great you know yeah. i mean i love you know especially a lot of my athletes do lead man and leadville 100 and that kind of stuff so especially to be on site where a number of people are you know getting through and and making it and that's really cool and, and sometimes they don't i mean yeah. that's you know sometimes <laughs> you know we know that from our own pursuit sometimes you set the big goal and you do everything you can and you work really hard and you come up short yeah and sometimes that happens for for athletes that, that that you're coaching and i think you know both as an athlete and as a coach you know then there's some soul searching of you know what what can i learn what can i do next time you know was it training was there maybe something else i could have somehow thrown in with the motivation or you know the the whole recipe that goes into getting through one of these things um you know what could i do different next time? yeah how do you figure out your athletes uh personalities i guess like you're talking about motivation how do you know if the person's the kind of motive needs the motivation of like the hard like drill sergeant kind of motivation or the kind of like no like we're gonna i don't know the more like caring for motive you know what i mean how do you how do you figure that out do you give them like a survey beforehand or Mm -hmm. or just based off of conversations you just kind of feel it out yeah, it's a bit of both. I do yeah. have, you know, an a, a initial survey, and, and that's questions about time and history and experience and all of those, yeah. uh, you know, more of data-driven sort of things. But then, then I also have on there, you know, how can I help you? Yeah. How can I best motivate you? How do you like to communicate? You yeah. know, do you like text messaging? Do you prefer phone calls or video calls or gotcha. or whatever? Um, you know, and some of that is a lot of my clients are at a distance, which, which I think is cool that you can – do that I actually my, my yeah. final couple of years I, I was an online teacher so I you know taught at a distance and saw the the advantages and disadvantages of of that system yeah. um, but you know I think a lot of it is is just communication on an ongoing basis yeah. you know and, and you know you you're in touch with someone regularly whether that's phone calls or text messages or emails and you know you you start to learn about what works and what yeah. doesn't for them and I also you know, I try to make it clear to my clients that I, that I'm open to feedback. Like if, you know, if I'm asking you to do something that you don't like doing, or you did this and it didn't work, or you're, you know, you're sick of that, or you really like that, you know, tell me, because yeah. I think that's valuable. I think that the training process, it needs to be fun and dynamic. And totally. if, if it gets boring and stale, then, you know, that's, that's not ideal. How do you, you're probably how not going to stick it with it. How do you switch it up when it's boring and stale? asking for my own personal yeah yeah no that's a good question i you know i mean doing different things you know yeah you know let's say you know you want a workout that's gonna give you a certain stimulus whether that's distance or vertical gain or a certain technical aspect or you know a certain uh fitness gain you know maybe running in a certain heart rate zone or something there's a lot of different ways you could structure that um so a lot of it's that you know it could be going different places it, it could be you know fairly regularly i encourage my athletes to do I, I call it the exploratory fun run and it's kind of you know a you know a, a casual sort of you know zone two type run you know that you might go on with a friend and uh, yeah. you know talk that kind of an effort but like go somewhere new yeah there's a big there's a big uh you know advantage to that having novelty is uh is really important that's true. so there's that you know it could be mixing in other sports yeah. uh, many of my clients are multi-sport athletes so i think that uh by necessity adds some you know novelty you're not just doing one thing all yeah. the time um, and, and then also if we think you know more 
macro cycles or big picture, I think it can be healthy for people to have an off season or have a time, you know, especially, you know, you go out and you complete a big ultra run or something. Sometimes you, you either you don't have a good experience and you're like, I got to get back and get in another one. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a great experience. And you're like, that was the best thing in the history of the world. And you know, you're on ultra sign up five yeah. minutes later looking for something to do in two weeks. And sometimes it's taking a step back and realizing, okay, this was a huge push mentally, yeah. emotionally, psychologically, time-wise investment from my family. And maybe right now it's a healthy time to step back and focus on other areas of life or, yeah. you know, do it a different sport or you know like the last few winters i've really gotten into ski mountaineering and yeah. that's been really healthy f- for me you know psychologically and having something new and different and a little bit less competitive and yeah. um kind of so. like brings back some of that passion too i bet oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so do you take like an off season like do you have like okay during these two or three months i'm not running at all i'm solely focusing on this other thing or is it more like I'm going to pull back on the running. I'll still go out, get some jogs in every so often. Yep. But I'm also going to, you know, do all these other activities. That's a good question. And it's varied over the years. Yeah. For sure. I mean, for, for most of my 20s, adventure racing was my main sport. And, um, you know, that was running, mountain biking, paddling kind of Everything. Is the key, key sports. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but with a, you know, I always did a lot of snowshoe racing in the winter, and um, you know, I was kind of racing almost nonstop year round, and that that worked really well for me at at, at that time. And yeah. you know, looking back now, you know, a few years later, our, our kids are five and seven, and life, you know, just has a little bit more pieces and different things going on, and you know, I, I don't think I could race and train at that frequency anymore and so now at least the last few years you know it's been kind of let's focus a little more on one sport at a time Uh, you know that was for me that was ultra running kind of 2014 to uh, probably 2014 15 16 and I mean I I was really focusing on ultra running and enjoying it and and liking it but I also I think one reason I've been able to maintain a, a joy for endurance sports overall is i'm not hesitant to change things up yeah. you know and do something different so yeah. income scheme mountaineering and i like that and like this summer i'm focused on mountain biking because yeah. you know like I, I i really like it i mean i grew up mountain biking like i you know up until a month ago i hadn't done a mountain bike race in five years but you know i wanted to do more and, yeah. and it's also getting better like you know i've i got a power meter and i've been you know learning more about power training yeah. with with my own coach and that's been really cool to to learn that and obviously i can apply that you know to my coaching and it's exciting to see the gains because you know once you're in a sport for so long and you get to a certain level the gains are a lot harder to it is yeah oh yeah and so i just been thinking back last or like starting in january or maybe even before that i started swimming i'm not a swimmer yeah at all but it was amazing just over that month how quickly i could improve and it was kind of addicting because you're like whoa i'm getting so much better now yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's cool, you know, especially for someone who's, you know, you're doing a sport for fun. I mean, it yeah. should be fun. It's great to yeah. see those those gains and jumps. And Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I'm i signed up for this big race in June. It's a, my first stage race. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've heard you talking about yes, it on the podcast. I've, I've listened to so a number of episodes. It's, and, a quite, yeah. it's quite a lot of running right now. 
which is great and i yep. love running but i'm also looking forward to when that race is over starting yep. in july taking a few months of just i just want to get into mountain biking yep. too so um yeah it's definitely something where i'm like okay i love running but i'm like in the middle i'm next week's gonna be my big week of the training cycle yep, yep. and i'm kind of like okay <laughs> get through this week and then the event's gonna be super fun but then after that like just mentally need a break yep and or just to switch it up try something new yeah and i i think that's healthy having an endpoint yeah. in mind you know whether it's after the big race or the end of the season or whatever that means yeah you know that empowers you and when, when you're i was telling an athlete today like you know he lives in the bahamas and it's you know 100 degrees and Whoa. you know 102 percent humidity yeah. there <laughs> yeah. during the day so he has to get up really early to do his long runs yeah. but he's coming to colorado for the summer and i'm like you know hey just remember like you only have two more weeks of this and remind yourself you yeah. got an endpoint and you know in a couple of weeks you'll be running in colorado that's and, cool you know it's going to be a lot more comfortable and so it, same thing you know at the end of a season you can remind yourself okay there's an endpoint to this. Yeah. That's one thing I like about teaching. I mean, honestly, I think if, if the school year did not have breaks, I, I don't think anyone would be a teacher because it's it's so intense that, yeah. you know, especially break oh, is you, required. You're talking to a teacher with two weeks left. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, it definitely is. Uh, but, yeah, um, so with the whole idea of just empowering people, I like I love that idea because honestly, I mean that's why I started the podcast too. Yeah, is to hopefully people listening come away with like the feeling of empowerment, the feeling of wanting to try something new or trying yep. to push themselves in whatever form or fashion that may be. And I'm sitting here with your book, the Ultra Mindset. Is was that one of the main reasons that you wrote the book, or was it all? Or I guess it could have also just been like, I've learned all these lessons through my career of racing and I want to just get them out of my head, put them on paper. That way I can reflect back whenever I want, but they're out there already. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say the, you know, writing a book is, is tough too. That, that was, it was a mission and there was a lot of times where, you know, I felt like quitting. I, I, you know, felt like stopping. Didn't know if it was going to go through. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I, I hadn't written a book. I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have an agent. You know, these are all business steps that you somehow have to figure out. And there were a lot of moments where it's like, you know, if I wasn't actually writing a book about the importance of resilience and sticking with it, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, I, ju I just wrote about this. Like I have got to, you know, pull, pull through. And, and thankfully it came together. And yeah, That's I mean, you, you know, you're right. A lot of it was, okay, I think I, that I've learned some of this stuff, you know, from the world of endurance racing that we can apply to yeah. not only our running or biking or lead man or whatever, but hopefully to your job and, you know, the really important things in your life, your relationships, raising your kids, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. That's that's what I was going for, you know, and I, th I thought that, you know, it, w it would help people. That was a big inspiration. Yeah. And part of it was, you know, taking steps in my in my own career of, you know, can I grow this this coaching and speaking and that kind of stuff and you know turn that into my primary income stream. yeah definitely yeah. well it's it's just it's interesting with the idea of any of these ultra endurance races you learn so many lessons along the way yep. and but you mentioned something there that that's so true is you're learning these lessons to apply to the actually actual important things in your life like yep. your family and raising kids and and i just feel like the uh anything like an adventure race ultra running 
mountain biking, any of that stuff, anything that's hard where you're trying to accomplish something, that's teaching you those lessons, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, no, oh, it totally makes sense. And yeah. I, I think that doing some hard things by choice, you yeah. know, and that's, I, I mean, you know, any of these races, the stuff we're talking about, that's <laughs> yeah. that's all by, by choice. And, and I think when you do something by choice and go through some some trial and some physical and mental challenge yeah that can that's that's filling a, a well of resilience that you can hopefully draw from when you have challenge in life that's not by choice yeah. and, and it's going to happen you know i mean it's you know sometimes you can see it coming sometimes it, yeah. it just comes out of nowhere you know the, i i mean we can all anyone sitting there listening to this can think of what those challenges are in your own life yeah and you know those those things happen and hopefully we can prepare ourselves yeah. for it a little it's bit. like purposeful adversity to yeah just to prepare yeah, you, you for that stuff yeah. you're like hey i'm gonna do this hard thing on purpose that way when life throws me some curveballs i'm not gonna lose my mind yes yeah, exactly <laughs> that's that's definitely a bit of it yeah you know and then the other side is also the you know the the fun and totally and well-being oh yeah and 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 the you know one um thing that i've gotten passionate about recently is is hunting and spending out time outside that's um slow yeah really slow and intentional and connecting with with nature and it's you know being out i mean i live across the street from bergen peak which is this awesome spot here in evergreen you know i've climbed up that yeah yeah it's an awesome trail and i i mean i'm lucky that i can run and bike up that all the time and and i love it but you know when i'm doing that and i'm going fast and you know got sweat in my eyes that's a completely different experience from being silent or still or moving slowly you know through nature at dawn and listening to everything i mean you're you're fully present and i think there's a huge value to connecting with nature in that way and something that a lot of people are are missing you know depending on maybe it's where they live or you know all just being on screens and oh totally tons of data and information and you know yeah um i'll wake up in the morning and go to the gym and there's tvs just blaring everywhere and i'm like trying not to look at i'm like i have my brain still trying to wake this is five in the morning yeah yeah like don't look at any more information i don't need that input right now so you're right ah man hunting that i've wanted to go elk hunting since moving out here um it just seems like a combination of a lot of things i like being outside something hard hard hike and then being in beautiful locations yeah so yeah it's it's all of that and more yeah you know and that's (laughs) i mean i i don't have a whole lot of experience or anything yeah you know and and it's learning and it's challenge and i mean i grew up here in evergreen and i've had elk in my yard you know half the days of my life yeah but then it turns out. I'm hoping out, an elk walks out right now. That would be oh, the they, coolest part no, of the podcast. No, they 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 were they were here this morning. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> they were eating these bushes right outside <laughs> our house. But you know, you you think you know something or understand something, and then you you think about well, these are the elk in town that aren't afraid of people. Yeah. And if you get way out in the wild, these are. Yeah smart animals and and they make a living by surviving in the wild yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they have incredible smell and you know they they they, they know you're coming way before you're there and uh yeah you know so it's it's back to the learning you know i'm i'm in a exponential growth phase there of learning about animals and calling and you know all the aspects of it and that's that's really fun that's cool so how deep into the wilderness do you go when you're when you're going elk hunting uh 
I mean that that depends. I yeah. I I have yet to harvest an elk, so <laughs> uh, you know I got I got a deer last year. Okay. Uh, you know I another thing that's been exciting about this. Um, my son Wyatt, who's seven, he he loves nature and yeah. you know spending time outside together hunting has been yeah. a great way for us to to connect and and also to you know we we harvested a turkey together and that was really cool to you know find that animal honor its life bring the food inside yeah. you know eat it and know this is where the this food came from yeah you know and the, and this is you know not some meat that we brought at the grocery store that we don't even think about the life exactly. that was taken yeah i, I mean it you know maybe seems ironic to people who haven't thought it through but i i think that taking taking the life yourself you're you're honoring something you're, you're thinking about yeah. what's involved here you're thinking about that animal that lived and died and that's a lot different from going to the grocery store or restaurant and you know just eating something definitely i 100 percent agree um, i grew up in iowa and my dad owned some land in southern iowa and he was him and his friends were big deer hunters all the time and and I never, by the time I was older, he had moved. So it was kind of like, and sold that land. Yep. So I was almost as if I didn't experience that, you know, as much as I'm sure he probably wanted, yep. you know. Um, but when you're out here in, in just like wilderness for miles and miles and miles, it's, it, seem, it seems like it's a completely different experience than hunting kind of in the Midwest where you're, in deer stands and i just this kind of hunting out here would sounds more appealing to me because yeah. i want the hike i want the climbing yep. you know i want to be in these wild places i guess yeah yeah and that appeals to me too and yeah. i've also you know even like last summer i did a lot of you know my long runs or rides i mean yeah you know i'd go on the same long run i would have gone on but you know instead of just running the whole time like i'd stop for 15 minutes right here and you know do a bunch of glassing around and, oh that's you know, cool look for sign and do yeah. it, see something and you know mark it on my map and, and yeah. that kind of stuff and then keep going just so, like a new uh, reason to have an adventure out yeah. there yeah and yeah. it's you know i mean it's like anything you can create the experiences that you want like yeah. you know you love running around a track like yeah. run around a track and yeah. you love running a road marathon or half marathon you should you yeah. should do that you know yeah. you, you love running up and down the mountains go do that or That's stage awesome. race in the desert you know so when you're doing that when you're out hunting you're not I mean, obviously you're not on trails so that's another different or that's a different experience as well you're kind of you know bushwhacking the whole way yeah you could be I mean, it, yeah. you know, it just depends on oh, where yeah. you're going what's the scope, maybe you hike in on a trail yeah. and you camp there but then you're doing off trail yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I love maps and yeah. navigation that's what and, i got from your book i'm like oh man because i've done a few adventure races and me and my me and my friends non-elite adventure racers we're terrible at directions we get lost at least three or four times on <laughs> yeah, average yeah. so yeah no it's a, and again <laughs> it's another skill but I, I mean i i like that and that i think that probably is something that oh yeah has appealed to me about is you know where can you go or where where would animals go or whatever yeah um, you know clearly i'm i'm still learning um but it's it's been a fun yeah fun that's journey cool to be on. yeah that's cool it's it's just interesting like i guess if someone's out here listening and they're kind of stuck in the same routine like this is the sport i do yep i guess what we're trying to say is switch it up or try something new and you'll you know you'll it it's in a, it's kind of like an addicting thing once you try something new and 
yeah, it can really be invigorating, yeah. you know, and, and some people, I mean, sometimes I look at, you know, okay, someone's, you know, just been a 5k road runner for 20 years. And I think, God, how could they do that? But maybe it works for them. You maybe, know, yeah. some people like doing the same thing that, totally. that just fits with them. Yeah. But if you find that something's getting stale, maybe you do, even it, it's a jump from road running to trail running yeah. or to a longer race or to a shorter yeah. race or, you know, try mountain biking yeah. or, or, you know, hiking like yeah. you know f- for a long time like I, I like wasn't really into hiking like what's the point now that i'm kind of into hunting i'm like this is kind of you know cool i can do hike training or yeah. i'm hiking with a heavy pack and That's getting cool. into vertical and i like what um, you said about being able to just have that time with your son too because mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm I don't know your son, but I'm assuming he probably can't keep up with you if you're running down the trail. You know what I mean? So if yeah. all of your time in the wild is spent running or or mountain biking really fast, you know, it's not something that you can really share with your kids until they're older and yeah. they can handle that. But hunting or hiking yep. is a way that we're just like, no, we can go explore together and yeah. have this shared experience, which is super cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, my hunting story, though. My so as I was growing up, my dad's like, I'm gonna take you on your first hunting trip. We're going squirrel hunting yep. in southern Iowa. I'm yep. like, all right. And so, same thing with my dad. He's really like, hey, you know, it's about honoring the animal, getting the meat. Like that's why we're doing it, you yeah, know. Yeah. And he's like, got that, got put that in my head, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting out there for however long. I don't know, maybe an hour and a half, and I'm just leaning against a tree. Yeah. And my dad there, gave there's me. There's squirrels everywhere. There's Tell squirrels. you're hunting squirrels. 100. percent And then you just <laughs> see deer walking by the whole yeah, time. Yeah. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sitting there, and he gave me a shotgun because he's like, this kid's terrible at aiming. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just give him the best chance. Yeah. And so, anyways, I'm sitting against this tree. There's another tree, maybe like five yards away. And what comes up on that tree? Then a, a squirrel just <laughs> pops up around the tree. I'm like, yeah. my eyes get wide. I'm like, okay. I'm going to honor this and, you know, get a meal for me, my dad, yeah. my grandpa. And I, I blasted that squirrel <laughs> from five yards. five yards away. So it, there was nothing. Left. It blew apart. <laughs> yeah. And my dad comes cause he comes over and he picks it up and he's looking at it. And I know in his mind, he's like, there's no way we can eat this squirrel. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, well, we're going to, we're going to talk to grandpa. And <laughs> yeah. Grandpa's going to tell us, you know, whether or not it's okay. Maybe he can cut <laughs> yeah, around yeah. it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And we get there and my grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa, I'm never going to forget it. He just looks at it and he's like, you can't eat this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, throw it over the fence. And I was like, yeah. and like, as a kid, it like destroyed me. I was yeah, like, yeah. no. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. So that's, yeah. That's that's put, putting the ball in grandpa's court. It's definitely a strategy <laughs> I've done. And uh, Wyatt and I did get a squirrel and 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 we ate it. Nice, uh, yeah. You know, this this spring. And, yeah, my yeah. grandpa would. It, it was good. A- Amy thought the idea of eating squirrel was kind of gross, but <laughs> it was good. I did mean, she try some? Uh, no, we ate, we were kind of on site and cooked it oh, up there. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah. What did it taste like? Was it gamey? Uh yeah. I mean, a little bit, but like you put some spice and stuff on it. I mean, yeah. I know in Virginia they have this thing called Brunswick stew. And okay. It's, it's this big thing down in Southern Virginia where we were, but they would, yeah. the original ingredient was squirrel. Huh. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, my grandpa was the kind of guy he like, he was the only guy in town that knew how to clean, uh, like a turtle. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so everyone in his town of like 60 people would bring him a turtle, uh, 
to clean and then he'd fry it up and we'd come in and he'd be like all right i got some fried chicken for you guys tonight. i'd be eating i'm like dad this is not fried chicken <laughs> yeah, yeah i know this isn't fried chicken. The turtle yeah, yeah yeah exactly but yeah i mean i think it's easy so we forget like you know the majority of human history up until a relatively yeah. very recent time like that's what a lot of people spent their time with. It's, yeah. You know, getting getting food, getting meat. You know, yeah. gr- growing uh, growing plants or harvesting natural plants. I mean, that's. Uh, I I think there's a lot of truth to that's one yeah. thing it means to being human, which is also true for something like running or, totally. or exercising or being outside a lot. I mean, that's a lot of what it means to to be human. And I think there's something to be said about learning those skills still. Yeah. Like learning how to grow yep. your own food is Absolutely. that's huge. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um so <laughs> with the book, so I read the book recently and I definitely want to talk about adventure racing because <laughs> out of every event I've participated in, adventure races hands down are my favorite. And you know, you're you were competing at an elite level. I was competing with my friends making fun of each other, which I'm sure you did too, but making yeah, fun yeah. of each other Sometimes. the whole day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and so can we talk a little bit about that? Like what yeah. got you, oh, in, yeah. what got you into adventure racing? Yeah. So, it, I mean, to take a little step back, adventure racing as a sport, or as I think of it is, you know, these multi-sport yeah. races, you're, you're kind of the core is trekking, you know, which is running and or walking or something in between, yeah. you know, depending on how you feel or what the terrain's yeah. like, uh, and mountain biking and, and paddling, you know, whether it's kayaks or rafts or you know other yeah. watercraft those sea, are the three kayaks. core things those are do. kind of the main okay. what you spend most time but but there's also almost every race has fixed ropes so you get to a crag and you know maybe you you ascend a fixed rope using jumars you know going up could be yeah. a few hundred feet and then maybe you do a tyrolean traverse from one spire to another and yeah you know maybe there's a via ferrata mixed in and you know maybe do a rappel to get back down or something like that um so they throw those in they throw in unique disciplines to the region or you know wherever you are especially other places in the world you know maybe there's horseback riding or maybe maybe we did like this race in brazil i remember uh you had a horse that kind of became your teammate you couldn't ride it but you just had to (laughs) trek with this horse so like all night long we we had this horse on our team you know and like you give it a name and hopefully like it's a you know nice horse that likes going your pace uh one of the races in china they had this i don't know what it was actually called but we called it the princess chair it was like a wicker and bamboo chair that one person would sit in and the other three teammates would carry it you know kind of over your shoulder like you know literally a scene like from a disney movie or something yeah like what they're carrying Um, the king on or yeah exactly yeah and we didn't go too too far with it but you know it was a unique thing so anyway they they wait hold on how did you decide who gets to sit up there uh, whoever's smallest (laughs) which i mean usually uh, not not always but usually the smallest person would would be one of the female members on yeah, the team, you know, yeah, yeah. All, most of the races are uh, four-person co-ed teams, yep. so two men and two women, or often three men and one woman, um, and that's it's an incredibly dynamic sport because you have all that, you have a team, you're working together, um, you're also navigating, so it's not a marked course and yeah. there's not set distances. You know, you're running a race or you're a triathlon, you know, you know ahead of time it's going to be X distance. Uh, and, and an adventure yeah. race is not that like it, it you're it could, coming up with the course 
Well, no, somewhat, I mean, they, somewhat. Still, typically they'll be set, um, you know, sections. Yeah. You're going to mountain bike from here to here, but you're figuring out how to get there. Gotcha. And you also don't know the the lengths beforehand. So yeah. usually you might find out the course the day before or something. Oh. All right, and that's where it's going to cut off the conversation. Um, You know what? Some days it just doesn't go according to plan. Um, Man, it was was a lot of fun. We talked uh, kind of the rest of the time. We really actually get into more of his mindsets that he talks about, uh, the kind of like the um, pillars of the ultra mindset. Uh, So I guess I just have to say – to find those out, you're just going to have to buy the book, uh, The Ultra Mindset. Um, so once again, I apologize to Travis. I apologize to you guys listening. I just spent probably the last hour and a half really trying to get the audio back. And I just, you know, maybe I'm not smart enough. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, thank you again, Travis, for having me over. We'll have to chat again at some point in the future. Um but yeah, man. So, so that's how it goes. Uh, I'm trying to think. I had some stuff I want to talk to you guys about at the end of this, and really, it had to do with one of the staples he talks about in the book, which is basically the uh, the idea of like the 4:30 wake up call. Um, when you set a goal and you are going to accomplish that goal no matter what, you are able to actually kind of push through the uncomfortableness. And so his idea is like. When you're waking up at 4.30 in the morning with a purpose, that purpose is going to drive you to not hit snooze and to not like at that moment where all you want to do is turn back over and go back to sleep. Um, it's going to actually give you uh, that purpose that's going to drive you to start that momentum and start the momentum of just like, you know, getting your workout in. And I always laugh about that because I've been getting up at 4 or 4.30 for the last like four or five years. And I got to tell you, it's a battle every single day not to hit the snooze. Um, I always think back, there was a scene in the show Lost. And if you haven't seen Lost, the description of what's going on might not make any sense. But the point is this. There's a scene where uh, two of the characters are arguing and one of them is like, how do you find it so so much or how do you find it so easy to believe and the other characters like it's never been easy anyways that's what's going through my head every single morning because some people are like man how do you find it so easy to wake up at 4 or four thirty? and i'm like it's never been easy man it sucks every day it's really hard but you just got to find that drive and that will and that purpose uh to actually do it so um, I'm hoping that helps me out because this week, I'm going to be honest, I've lost the battle a couple times with the whole, the old snooze button. Um, and it's something that, you know, is a daily challenge, but it's, you know, if you look at it like, Ooh, this is a, it's a daily challenge. Am I going to rise up to the occasion? Uh, then you can actually get it done. So, uh, that's where I'm going to leave you guys this week. Um, I'm hoping not to have any more audio issues. That'd be awesome. But I also, I'm a realist and know that this is probably something that I'm going to have to figure out. This is some sort of problem with my computer here. So anyways, I'll figure that out. You guys enjoy your week and uh, we'll get back at you next week. See you guys.